23rd chapter, that'll be basic scripture for today. I don't know if I want to read all of this at once, but let's see. I want to read this out of the Amplified Bible. Before I I begin to to read, I'm going to begin in the 12th verse. Just let me ask, ask you, and we can come to some kind of consensus. When somebody refuses to forgive someone else, who becomes a prisoner? The true prisoner. Us. The one who refuses to forgive. The, the most of us agree with that. Look, to an extent, there's a certain kind of prison that you put that other person in. But the most serious person in trouble is us. Alright? We become in a prison. Uh, it's a prison of resentment, bitterness, anger, revenge. And I'll tell you what, I know from experience, it'll paralyze your soul to have that kind of... uh, Now, y'all look at me like you have never held unforgiveness for anybody. Think back. It is a paralyzing uh, situation to, to be in. It is something that's not easy sometimes to get out of it because it comes out of personal situation. You, you get in a situation where your mind is, is, is almost frozen. In certain situations and circumstances, you, think you can't see clearly. It's important. I know you all have heard a lot of sermons on forgiveness. Well, you're going to hear another one today. Because it's necessary for us. Amen. I'll tell you. I wrote down here in my notes Holding on to bitterness or past hurts is, is like knowing how to ride a bicycle But not knowing how to stop it Meaning you get on it And you start going And you get to a point where you're tired You get to a point where it ain't fun no more You get to a point where it's it doesn't seem to satisfy whatever emotional high or whatever it did at the time. You want to stop. But if you've done it so long, you can't stop. It, it puts you, it paralyzes and you put you in a, in a position. And, and, and I have talked with people in counseling, husbands and wives, who, who, who haven't been able to forgive one another for, for perceived things or whatever and, 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 and what I find out is that even in situations where a wife or a husband seems to get a little revenge out of, uh, out of a situation uh, it doesn't change the fact that they're still in the prison uh, the Bible says and I believe this The Lord says, vengeance is mine. We don't need to seek revenge on people, no matter how hard it's been, no matter what they've done to hurt us. And you know, the the most curious thing about uh, getting hurt, you only get hurt by people who mean something to you. If the average Joe Blow on the street comes and says something to you you might not like what they said but you take it with a grain of salt what does he know about me who is he to nothing to me and you go on about your business but if you feel that you've been betrayed by somebody misunderstood done wrong somebody that you spent time with you know somebody in your church somebody in your family you know uh, another loved one of some kind a friend uh, that's where people take offense 
And that's where we have a problem for getting folk in those situations. So uh, understand when I talk to you, I'm not talking to you. I'm not saying at the end of this, get up in this assembly. If there's somebody here that you have something against, go to them and give them a hug and tell them you forgive them. That never works. It's not that simple. It is not that that simple. It it, it takes a whole lot more than that. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about biblical advice about freedom. That only comes from forgiveness. All right. Uh, I said I was going to uh, start in church uh, verse twelve, but let me let me start in verse ten. Um, Colossians the third chapter let me actually start in verse 9 it says do not lie to one another reading from Amplified for you have stripped off the old uh, and I can't even read the word unregenerate self with its evil practices and have clothed yourself with the new, the spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded uh, unto a fuller and more perfect knowledge uh, after the image of His likeness, the likeness who you were created in, alright? The Bible is saying here that you already... In, God, in God's eyes, put on the new self because you've been born again. You've been regenerated. So what God is telling us is that this is something that already exists. God is not telling us to walk in something that he hasn't done. All right? It's all, from God's perspective, this has already been done. Now go to uh, verse 12. It says, clothe yourself, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, uh, his own pick representative, who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself, by putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy, kind feeling, and lowly opinion of yourself, gentle ways, and patience, which is tireless and long-suffering and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. Wow. God says you are the elect of God. Amen. Uh, you're, what this verse is saying to me, you are loved of God and being in His likeness, all of the character of God is available to me and to me. And all of these fancy words and, 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 and phrases and whatnot, uh, it is just saying uh, to me that you can be like God. Uh, as God has loved us and walked with us, we can do the same thing. So when people say, well, I just can't forgive them, no, of ourselves we can't do it. But because of who we are, uh, in Jesus, we can do it. It's not an impossibility. Amen? Uh, now, what's the, what else is important in the second part of, of, of this uh, verse? Is that there are five virtues that are spoken about. Amen? Um, and, and I picked them out, and I'm not going to go back through the verse, but one of them that I saw was, there's a virtue that we need to put on, God says, called compassion. How many of you have ever read in the Bible where it says Jesus was moved by compassion? Uh, compassion is the relentless tenderness towards the suffering, the miserable, the rejected, the abandoned, the honored, the arrogant, and the pompous. Oh, that hurts me. It's easy to have compassion on who's hurt. 
It's easy to have, to me, to have compassion on somebody that's suffering. But this says the arrogance huh? and the pompous. <laughs> Whoa! See, my flesh don't want to do that. I don't want to have compassion. You know what I want to say? They they got what they deserve. That's what my flesh wants to say. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's true. But God says uh, that is not one of the virtues that you have to have if you want to be free. When somebody does something to you and they hurt you, the first thing that comes up in your flesh is... Man, I, I wish I could get to them. I wish they could hurt like I hurt. Huh? A lot of times, uh, you know, people are, are guilty of doing things to you. But what God says is that you still have to have compassion on them. Now, I'm not saying you have to put yourself in a way to be stomped on. I tell you all the time, get yourself out of the way of being hurt. Don't be a fool and let people disuse you and mistreat you. But as far as your heart is, you've got to guard your heart and have compassion on them. Amen. And that may take different forms. The, 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 the best form it may take is to separate yourself from them. Because there's some people you can't help. And the most compassionate thing you can do is leave them alone. Huh? Amen. There's another thing that comes out to me, a virtue that comes out to me, and that's kindness. Kindness is goodness, graciousness toward others. It really has more to do with your heart attitude than your actions. What I mean by that. A lot of actions are done toward people, but they're not done out of kindness. They may appear on the surface to be something that a kind person might do. But the motivation of the heart may be completely different. Now listen, you can't judge people's hearts. We're not to do that, alright? But we're supposed to check out our own heart. You know if what you do, if the motivation of what you do is out of compassion... Uh, is out of love or is what you're doing is to get something favorable or some sort of upper hand uh, or to have somebody look at you and to say you're something that you're not we, we talked about Ananias and Sapphira recently and how uh, they wanted to have the accolades of men and, 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 and seem like they gave a whole lot of uh, money from selling a, a piece of property. So they came and they lied to the Holy Spirit and they dropped dead in the church. Well, see, the motive of their heart, while men couldn't judge it, the Holy Spirit could judge it. And he spoke to the man of God and he told them, why would you come and lie to the Holy Spirit? The money was yours. You know, when you sold the property, it was yours. You could have come and told us, look, I'll give you, I want to give you 50% of what I sold the property for. But what you did was you came in and you told people, hey, I sold this piece of property and I gave them all the money. I want to tell you what. I said it before, I say it again. When the Holy Ghost is really in charge, when you get in a meeting where the Holy Ghost is really in charge, Folk ain't going to be duping and jiving like you've seen in so many situations, huh? Folk ain't, folks ain't going to be jumping up, uh, giving lame prophecies out of their heads. Uh, it, it ain't going to be happening. Folks are not going to be standing there prophesying. Folks ain't going to be lying to one another in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You, you had a unity that was, uh, that was in those people. Uh, you had the Holy Ghost... Uh, so much in charge and so much uh, so high in that situation that maybe at a different situation at another time they could have come in and, and, and lied and nothing would have happened but the man of God said look you have not lied to men you've lied to the Holy Spirit you come in here and you tried to, to, to bring something in here uh, to break what the Holy Spirit is doing and therefore they dropped that what am I saying in compassion to what I'm saying? Uh, in, in connection to what I'm saying here. 
actions don't always say what's really in the heart. Amen. When you talk about kindness, it's a matter of, of the heart. People do things that seem to be kind, but they're not always kind. Amen. Have you ever heard that the devil can give you things? Yeah. It certainly ain't out of kindness that he's giving them to you. People can do things for you and give you things too. And it's not always out of, out of kindness. Amen. Uh, another thing that I saw in, in verse 12, another virtue was humility. And right along with that is gentleness. I don't think you can, you can be gentle without being truly humble. And I think if you're truly humble, you're going to be gentle. Humility, not weakness, all right? Humble does not mean weakness. Humble means strong, amen? And so strong in what you believe and what you know in, in, in God that you can afford uh, to be humble to people. You, you can afford to, to be gentle with people. You're not a person uh, that's going to be threatened by every little thing that people do. Uh, that's all uh, in here, all right? Um, I'll tell you what, the world don't consider humility and gentleness to be a virtue, especially for young men. You're a sissy if you come out as somebody who's humble. Amen? You're you're less than a man if you tend to be gentle with people. That is not what the world says. But the world, how how, how many of you know the world is upside down? Amen? Uh, God says that you need to have this. I'll tell you one other thing we need to have, and that's patience. Patience, meaning self-restraint that enables one to bear injury and insult without resorting to hasty retaliation. <laughs> God knows. Are there times when something happens in your midst or something happens toward you and you think twice and, and before you respond to it and you just say, wait a minute, I, I really need to... What, if I say something now, I'm going to say something that I really don't want to say. If I do something now, I'm going to do something and that I really will be sorry I did. Let me get back. Let me think about this thing. Let, 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 me, let me pray about this thing before I get uh, jerked around. That is one area where the devil messes with even with believers. And that is when we have a lack of patience. Uh, I've seen people do things to, to other people just to get a response from them. Have you ever seen that? They know that there's certain things that they can do uh, to get a response, to get a rise out of them. And they do these things. And then when you respond, guess who's wrong? You're wrong. I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't really. I, you know, that's that's him. And here you are. You blowing your top. You're a man, man, a mad woman. Why? Because you just didn't have the kind of patience to deal with the situation. Uh, those are virtues that we need to have if we're going to learn uh, how to forgive the way we ought to. All in that verse. Verse 13, let me read, read that. It says, Be gentle and forbearing with one another. And if one has a difference, a grievance or a complaint against another, readily pardoning each other, even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so must you also forgive. Amen. You can't write these words to a person who does not have these other virtues I talked to you working in their life. It's ridiculous to even bring this up. Paul is bringing this up to these people. He he just gave them some things that he says these things have to be present in you. These are the things that you, you need to let the Holy Spirit work in you. We're talking about fruit of the Spirit. This is what we're talking You need these things working in you in order you for you to truly be able to give people the way you ought, ought to. 
And without those things working in you, you can try as hard as you want. You're going to have a hard time to forgive people. Understand, it's an important thing to know that when people sin, it's not just you, or basically you that they're sinning against, it's God that they're sinning against. That the greater sin is against God when, you mis- when they mistreat you. The greater sin is against Him. Uh, when you look at it like that, uh, you, can, you can afford to, to forgive folk, church. But you need these virtues working in your life. Or this, this verse right here means, means nothing to you. It, it really, uh, how are you going to be gentle? How are you going to be forbearing with one another? Huh? When something comes up. I've been telling this church ever since we got together. It is no cakewalk to be in a body of believers. We have problems with one another, we disagree with one another, and we ought to have the freedom to say, I disagree with you, we ought, without falling out of love. One of the biggest problems, I say it again, that I've encountered in, in churches and believers is that we are so thin-skinned that every time says, somebody says something to us that we don't like, uh, that hurts our feelings a little bit, we're ready to take our marbles and go somewhere else. That's just the way it is. You all know you got friends in the world that they do things to you, and no matter what happens, you, you're going to jump in their stuff and get them straight or whatnot, but you're still going to be friends. Why can't the church disagree and still walk, walk in the kind of love that, that the Lord is talking about? I don't know. Amen. The first words that Jesus spoke you go back on Calvary was Father forgive them now you can't tell me that that pain that he was going he was suffering wasn't real you can't tell me that that humiliation that they put him through wasn't real Uh, you can't tell me that, that he wasn't suffering in a way that none of us will suffer but the first thing he said when he was he was hanging on that cross was Father forgive them now I know that's a high standard but what God is calling us is to a high standard he's saying I've already done this work in you it's in you if you'll allow it to be in you how are people going to see Christ in us if we, if, if we don't know, if we don't let what was in Christ that is now in us come to the forefront. If we always insist on taking our part, if we always insist instead of being compassionate and, 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 and long-suffering in situations, how is anybody ever going to see Christ? Because that's Jesus. That's Christ. Again, nobody has to be a floor mat, but there's a way to deal with situations and circumstances and still love people. Still tell them, look, you can't go any further than that. I will not let you do that to me. But not, not to go out and bury their reputation when you leave the room. Deal with them for what you think you have to deal with them at that time. And then go on out and love them and, 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 and let them do whatever has to happen. I'm talking about unforgiveness, church, and I'm talking about really being free. There ain't a whole lot of free people that I run into, let me just say that. Amen. And, and, I'm, and, and there's times when, when I struggle to walk in the freedom that God has, has given me, church, uh, it ought not be that way. It really shouldn't. Um, you know, and just like what Jesus went through on Calvary, God knows that the situations and circumstances we get in, that they're real. He does not deny that they're painful. I've never gone to God and prayed 
and, 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 and talk to him about a situation that was hard or something that was unjust to me and had him say to me, oh, boy, that's nothing. That's not painful. I've never had him say that to me. But I have had him give me a perspective that would help me to deal with the situation. So forgiving people is not saying that situations and what people have done to you never existed. That 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 that's where people are having a problem trying to forgive people. They think that somehow they have to wipe the situation or the circumstances from your mind. Jesus didn't tell us to do that. What are you going to do for the rest of your life with the pain and the hurt and the injury and the mistreatment that has happened to you? I'll tell you what. What you do with it and how you deal with it is going to determine whether or not you're going to be happy. See, folks do things to you and they go on about their business. And guess what? You're still wallowing around in the hurt and the pain. You're still talking to people about what happened to you, alright? How you deal with, with these hurts and pains and whatnot, uh, they will truly answer who, who you really are in Christ. In actuality, who you are in Christ. Not who, who God made you, but who you actually are. Who are you allowing God to make you? What you do with, with this situation right here, your hurts, your pains, your mistreatments and all of that. What you do with this and how you answer that question, and here is something that's so very important, will determine and decide for you the level of intimacy that you're going to have, you have with God today, tomorrow and forever. If you're a person who is wrapped up in unforgiveness concerning any situation, anybody, it will hinder your intimacy with God. I'm telling you things I had to learn, church. I'm telling, I'm not, I'm not talking like a man who's never had no difficulties and who don't have difficulties. I'm talking to you for, as somebody who's had to deal with these things. And what I see in, in the Word, it takes a little courage to deal with it. How you deal with it will determine what your witness really is before people. If you're a resentful person and everything somebody said to you or whatever you're holding against them, you can't fool people with so long. And people won't want to be around you if you're an unforgiving, resentful, bitter person. Now you don't have to put up no hands, but some of y'all know people like this. I have known people like this. They're just wrapped in bitterness. In the church. Some of them are in the church every week. And so bitter, they can't look at you. What's wrong with that? There's something wrong with that. Uh, If there's anything that would cause, affect us so much that we can't be free uh, to love God, that's serious business. Look, a lot of times we mix the scripture up. Romans 12 and 9, and I, and I said this before, says that vengeance is God's and God's alone. Let's get that in our hearts. When our minds want to take us there, leave it alone. Vengeance is the Lord's. Amen? Uh, I don't want to spend another day as a prisoner of my own resentment and hatred church you know what we say when we when we uh, are you know what we're saying to God when we intentionally hold on to unforgiveness you're saying to God treat me like you treat like I treat them God says to us all the time, forgive those, right? We, 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 we talk about uh, the Lord's Prayer. He talks about, forgive me as I forgive 
them. Forgive my debts as I forgive my debtors. Is that not what he says? And it's like in yourself you're saying, I want to hold this, and so I deserve to be treated the way I'm treating treating them. This is something that God has never meant for us to hold on to. It's resentments and hatreds and stuff like that. God says, be free. You'll know the truth and what? The truth will make you free. Now, you don't have to go here, but I want to, from Hebrews, the 10th chapter, 17th verse, God does not say something that many people have tried to make this verse say. God does not say in that verse that I will forget your sins. What does he say? I will remember it no more. Now, there's a world of difference between forgetting something and remembering it no more. Maybe not to, to, to the casual person who studies the Word of God. But there's a, word, there's a world of difference. When somebody tells you, you need to forget about what they did to you, uh, they don't know what they're talking about. You can't forget some things that have happened to you in life, and you weren't supposed to forget them. See, the little foxes destroy the vine. Huh? It's, it's, it's things like this and it's attitudes like this that folk tell us that are impossible. What does it mean? God says in, in, in Psalm 103 and 12, I will not hold your past against you. You might find it funny, I said to you, God does not forgive and forget. And some of y'all looking at me like you're a deer out there and I got a Mack truck and I got some bright lights. But some the truth is is the truth and sometimes we need it to set us free, church. This is the reason why some of you all cannot forgive folk. Because you've been taught that there is something you're supposed to do that God never said you're supposed to do. Now, I wouldn't tell you this if I, was, I wasn't sure. Look, He forgives us and He makes the choice not to remember it. He makes the choice not to hold it against us and to act as if it never happened. There's a big difference. You can't wipe your memory clean. There are people sitting in church trying to, uh, thinking that there's something wrong with them because they can't remove a situation or circumstance that happened to them uh, uh, out of their memory. God never said, forget. He said, treat it as if it never happened. Can anybody understand the, the nuance between between that? Listen, there's something that happened to you. You better not forget them. Huh? You better not give that person another chance to do the same thing they did to you before. Huh? If, if they are a, 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 a one who molests little children, parents, you better not forget that that's what they do. Huh? You can forgive them and treat them as though it never happened in the way you act toward them. But you better not forget and let your little children get in, the, in their presence. God didn't raise no fools. He said, I want mature children. God will help you Treat this thing as if it never happened. Meaning, he'll help you be able to deal with them in such a way uh, that you don't treat them 
with something against them. See folks, for, I, I, I come to the understanding that people really don't understand sitting in the church what forgiveness is all about. And that's why it's hard for them to get forgetful. That's why they're still, you know, standing up at the church, going to people, hugging them, and hating their guts. They've never done nothing. Huh? There's something you got to know. The Bible says you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. The truth is God never told you to forget. Listen. By forgiving, you are consciously choosing not to allow the past to dictate how you will live in the present or the future. Can you get to it? The Holy Spirit's got to open your understanding to, to this. You're not a bad person because you don't forget it. Huh? The sin is when you allow that, to cause you to act in such a way that you shouldn't be acting uh, as a believer uh, in your life today and in the future. That's where the sin is, because you give the thing power over you. Amen. Forgiveness takes time, church. It is a process. I can't come to you, sister. It's something that's happened to you and counseling and say, look, uh, you need to just forgive that person. That's unrealistic. The Holy Spirit has to have time to work on us. Even when we make our even when we make our minds up to allow and give it over to and for the Spirit to do it and to do what God asks us to do, it still takes time. Listen, how do I know that? How many times have I seen a situation where uh, a husband or a wife has been running on, on their spouse? What happens now? Now somebody's truly hurt. Their heart is broken. They've trusted the person. They've lost their trust in that person now. Hey, for me to go to that other spouse and say, look, you got to forgive them. I know forgiveness has got to be more comprehensive than that. No, what I tell them is you've got to start working so that person will trust you again. So forgiveness can come full circle. And with time and the Holy Spirit of God working, it will cause that thing to be, not that they will forget it, but they will cause that thing to, the Holy Spirit will cause that thing to be such that it will not affect their relationship with that person at some time. It will be as if it never happened. Do you see the difference between that? Uh, we work on forgetting something. You know, the Holy Spirit works on changing our heart to be able to deal with it and say, look, I'm not going to let that bother me. That has no power over me. If I don't decide to walk in unforgiveness about that, it has no power over me. And I can deal with that person and love them just as if it never happened. There's a world of difference. There's a world of difference. And I know you've never heard this before. Uh, and I know some of you will scratch your head when you leave here today. Uh, get the tape. Read the, read the word yourself. See what Jesus said. Uh, go study uh, the, the, the language uh, and, and know that he, he didn't say Look, God don't forget nothing uh, do, you, do you believe that God don't forget anything? He forgives us for everything uh, he, let, he won't let that thing that we did if we, if we repent of it and come to Him and ask forgiveness, He will not let that thing interfere with His relationship with us. Do you hear me? I'm talking about how to learn how to truly forgive people. Truly to be free. Truly not to, not to try to work up something in yourself to get somebody uh, to get some response for somebody or to work up some response in you when deep down in your heart you're still troubled with a situation no it, it doesn't happen 
forgiving people is, is, is basically, I wrote down some things, is basically restoring an attitude of love on one hand and releasing of the pain on another hand. Why do you hold unforgiveness for people? Because you got hurt. There's something about the situation that hurts you. And when you make it up in your mind, your heart, to forgive a person, uh, one of the things that the Holy Spirit goes to work on is to alleviate the pain that it caused you. Y'all don't believe me. You know, I know some of y'all don't understand what I'm trying to say. You know, uh, have you ever had somebody do something to you and it hurts you bad, but now you can deal with them in a way where even though you remember what they did, it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the way you treat them. It's just like it never happened as far as you're concerned, that your emotions are right in the situation. That's what I'm talking about. That's the God kind of, uh, you know, it ain't, it ain't just blab a few words and, and tell them something that your heart is all out of. That's the God kind of forgiveness. Amen? And it takes time. It's, it's, a, it's a process, church. Uh, the next thing it does, forgiveness also is this. It repudiates revenge. If you want to hold on to revenge, you'll never forgive anybody. So when you say, uh, Lord, I want, to, I want to forgive them, help me to forgive whatever, that's saying you throw revenge into the ocean. Say, that's yours, Lord. I'm not going to take revenge. I, I, I don't have anything uh, in that way. It also opens the door for a restoration of a relationship with a person. I didn't say that it establishes. I says when you begin to forgive somebody, it opens up the possibility. Now, there's sometimes there's things that people will do to you that you will never have the kind of relationship that you had with them before. Sometimes it's impossible to have the kind of relationship which you had with them. Forgiving says I open that possibility to have this relationship with you. You see, it doesn't just depend on you, what you do. It depends on what the other person does also. Amen? If a person does something to you and they, and they have no repentance for what they did and you, and, you, and you sit down and you talk to them, it's hard for you to have the kind of relationship with them you had before they did what they did. There has to be something else working on the other end. Amen? Forgiveness is costly and it's hard. You don't just do it by saying, I tell you this, stand up here in the pulpit. But when you have to do it, it's a hard thing to do. Why? Because you're going to be pressing the flesh, church. The flesh is yelling out all the time, no, 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 you did this. I have a right. You cut me deep. That was a low blow. That's what the flesh is saying. It's hard. You talk about mortifying the deeds of the flesh. It's hard. But guess what? You are a child of the Most High God. You have the Spirit of God down in you and all these other things you read up in Colossians. It enables you to do it if you set your will to do it. Amen? Amen. There's a difference between forgiveness and a tired memory. What I mean by that, you know, some people just get tired of dealing with something. And they say, oh, I forgive them. And the thing is still there, eat them up. They tell people they forgive them. It's been bothering them so long. It's been aggravating them so long. They, they, they get tired of it. And they fool themselves into thinking, oh, I forgave them. But somewhere along the line, it always resurrects. So don't confuse getting tired 
and just sort of acquiescing to something and say, oh, I just I ain't going to deal with it because that's not the way you deal with it. You, you tie the hands of the Holy Spirit from uh, dealing with the situation. Amen. The other thing is, and this is, and this is one of the worst things about it, is if you refuse to forgive, it leads to bitterness of soul, which can turn into spiritual death. Bitterness will kill you, physically and spiritually. How many diseases do scientists know of today that are caused by bitterness of soul? People suffering all kinds of things because they, 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 they've got something that they've been bitter about and it's affected them physically. Great bitterness will separate you from God. Not that He'll, sep- that he'll separate Himself from you, but your bitterness will separate you from Him. And that's death, church. That's death. You, you'll find yourself way out somewhere because holding on to, to unforgiveness is something uh, that seems to be worth more to you than having a fellowship with God. What are you going to do with bondages and unforgivenesses? How are you going to handle them? Uh, I said when I started out that this is something that you've heard a lot of people talk about unforgiveness. But I guarantee you, you haven't heard some of the things I've said to you. What are you going to do with them? Are you going to let God deal with them? I haven't told you that, that you can be a super saint. I haven't told you that just by an act of your will, you can will yourself to forget. No, I haven't told you any of that. I haven't told you it wasn't going to be hard. I told you it's going to be one of the hardest things you do truly to forgive people. But I tell you this, it'll be the most rewarding thing you do because you'll be able to walk free from unforgiveness stuff happens to everybody your parade is not the only one that has gotten rained on if you look around everybody got a little wet in here so what are you going to do about it are you going to allow that to affect your life your life with God and maybe even your eternal situation are you going to realize what God says about us and be what God says and allow him over a period of time sometimes faster than other times but allow him to begin to do what only he can do by his spirit that is the key to forgiveness like I said I've heard a lot of people talk about hot forgiveness and I found it not to be the case. Amen. Not, not where you've been seriously hurt. If you can forgive somebody something like that, they really didn't hurt you. Uh, a wife does something to you. A husband does something to you. A child. A parent. Uh, a loved one. Somebody that you come to church with all the time. That's not something so easy just to do that. But it's good news to me that God tells me I don't have to forget it. I just have to allow him to deal with it in my heart in such a way that I don't let it mess with anything. Amen. I don't have to let it change anything. Give give people room to grow. People make mistakes. They do things to us. Give people, you know, the Lord deals with my heart. I I can let that go. That's something that you did that you probably would never do again and uh, why should I hold this against you for life why should I stay in bondage I want to tell you what you can get devils cast out of you till the cows come home and you'll never be free uh, you, can, you can do all kinds of things you'll never be free it's up to us to have the freedom that only comes by, by walking in forgiveness amen Amen. Have anybody heard me today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just, you know, just as we're here, I just want you to search yourself. And just just think. 
has unforgiveness been a problem for me? Have I struggled with it? Uh, am I really in some kind of bondage that has that has held me up? Uh, that I that I really haven't known how to give over to God? Have I just been taken uh, by things that weren't true? Have I been trying to do something uh, that that God never meant for me to do? Think about those things. Meditate on those things. And determine in your heart, Lord, I heard something that you said to me today. Now, I'm going to correct my attitude about that. And and I truly uh, repent of anything that I've done wrong. And I'm asking you to forgive me. And I'm asking you to take free reign to change my heart so that I can walk free of this thing. You understand what I'm saying? And, and and God will come in and do that. He'll do that. You know like I do, you, you just can't change. Jesus said, you can't change one hair on your head. And that's true. But you have the creator of all things in you. The spirit of the living God. And he can do anything that needs to be done. Amen. So we want to walk in the freedom that comes by being able to forgive. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lord, I thank you. I bless you today for uh, your word. I thank you for true freedom. I thank you, Lord, for making the crooked ways straight, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for every heart and mind here, Lord, who's heard you and, and understood. And Father, I just pray that uh, if anything I've said has confused anybody, Lord, you, you, you go back, Lord, and take them through the word and, and help them to see what the Spirit is trying to say today. And, and Father, I just, I just pray for everybody who is here today. No one is here by mistake today. You knew they would be here. You brought them here. I, I just ask, Lord, that uh, since this is the first day of the rest of their life, Lord, that you cause what they've heard today. Uh, to be useful to them, Lord, as they go forth in life and, and, and help to build your kingdom. Father, my desire today is that you will be glorified and you will be magnified for all that we do and all that we say. And Father, that you will build your church uh, as not as the world is building churches today, but as you want to build your church, Father, and add to it daily. Father, I thank you and I bless you for everybody is here, Lord. And thank you that uh, as they go in their own separate uh, directions, that, Lord, uh, you take them safely, Lord, and bring them back again into the house of God. Amen. Uh, if there's someone here who needs prayer, who desires prayer for anything, we will pray with you. We always...